Welcome to the Pure Energy Dogcast, where we talk about everything from dog training to dog ownership to business to God, you name it, we talk about it. Let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back to the Pure Energy Dogcast. I'm joined again by my lovely co-host and husband, Travis. This is episode eight, and we are going to talk about communication. Woo! That's a good one. <laughs> so this is a pretty, we, we can go pretty deep on this, right? Because we've all heard it a million times that communication is key, right? It's cliche, right? So cliche. And like, I hear it and I literally like make a face like, communication is key. Like, I know, but communication's hard, honestly. Like when you look at any relationship that you have, let's not even talk about dogs for a second, just talking about people, like so many conflicts or you know misunderstandings or hurt feelings can be resolved if you sit down and have a civil conversation and yep. you communicate your feelings you use i statements i feel like right <laughs> instead of blaming other people and things like that like taking accountability and Ooh, that's a big word. And and communicating is huge. I mean, it's huge in relationships and marriages. Yep. You know, you were not a good communicator oh. when we <laughs> when we first got <laughs> married. You were just a a man of few words, and you still you still are. But you really had to work at talking and communicating yep. your feelings. I clearly have no problem talking, so I talk all the time, probably too much. Mm. But I mean, communication just goes, it runs so deep in so many different relationships. It runs deep in your work environment. If things are not going well, or you know, you have a a topic that you want to bring up to your, your boss or your manager, if you just stuff it down and are mad about it every single day and never bring it to the table with a solution of, Hey, let's try this. Comes out in uglier ways. Yeah. You're just going to be upset all the time. So it becomes passive aggressive. mm -hmm. It's just, it's a snowball. Yeah. So communication with our dogs is equally as important as your communication in your marriage, your communication at work with friends, family members, all of that. And I feel like sometimes people don't quite understand what communication looks like with an animal. They think it's just shouting obedience commands at them. And... um, well, they think it's it's communicating like they do with another human. Yes, like just talking, yeah. like in, in full yeah. sentences and yeah. things like that. And they I'm just don't like, know words. No, yeah. <laughs> they don't actually know English. They've remembered certain sounds. Which makes it easier for me. Yeah, that's probably why you're so good with dogs. You don't have to talk too much. But yeah, so communication. There is a lot as far as communicating with your dog. One example can be how you communicate with your leash handling skills, which is pressure and release. Are you holding your leash with a bunch of tension? Are you holding your leash at the very end where there's just all slack and your dog doesn't even know that you are participating? Um, Is your dog just constantly having a leash on them for restraint and it's not a tool for communication. It is simply just to keep the dog with you because otherwise they would be out of here. Right. Which kind of says a lot about your relationship. If your dog would prefer to just be somewhere else and not with you, it just goes to show that you have to work on that relationship. You have to be important, right? Off leash dogs are created when the relationship is there, right? Which means there was a ton of communication. Get those pillars filled up. Yes, to build that relationship, right? 
So, you know, the most common thing I see with leash handling skills with, with clients is just too much tension. It's just constant pressure. And then they're like, why is my dog like always so excited or jazzed up? And I'm like, because you're, you're, look at your arm, look at the amount of pressure that's on them right now. Yep. And they feel that, right? Yep. And then obviously another form of communication is words, right? We have to create an English vocabulary for our animals to understand, but they're, think of it as like sight words, right? Like one individual word, not a word wrapped into a sentence. Correct. So if you need your dog to sit, it's fluffy, sit. It's not fluffy, are you, are you gonna sit? Good girl, good girl, oh, is that a good sit? You're so good, oh, fluffy, fluffy, can we sit again? Sit again, good, oh, look at you, oh, mommy's gonna be so proud. Like. Talking like that is going to blow anything that you were actually trying to communicate with the dog. Because right. they can't understand it. And, yeah, mm-hmm. It'll just create confusion. Yeah, exactly. And then being consistent with those words. So if you're recalling your dog and you want your dog to come to you, and sometimes you use the word come, and sometimes you're using the word here, you know, it might get a little bit confusing. I'm, eventually, dogs will start to pick up on more than one, one command. But in the beginning, go easy. Start, be consistent, right? Yeah. Say the same thing over and over so they can start to really perfect it before you add anything new yeah. in. And that's big with your family, too. Like, make sure everybody's on the same page, mm-hmm. right? Because, I mean, another one of those words is down, right? So dog jumps up, down. That's They use that word. And then when they want them to lie down, they say down again, mm-hmm. right? So... Just miscommunication. Yep. Like they don't know the difference between down off. getting off. Yeah. So right, when a dog jumps down. on you, we say off, and then when you want them to right. down, we say down. down. Yep. yep. So, so it's just having everybody in the family on the same page, right? So that communication within the family and those relationships mm-hmm. are going to pour over into the relationship with the dog. Absolutely. And then my biggest. Um, thing that I want to talk about in this podcast today as far as communication goes is reading and responding appropriately to your dog's body language. Mm. So humans, we primarily communicate verbally. Hello, how are you? Good, how are you? Right? Like we use words and sentences. Dogs primarily communicate through body language and physical touch. So if we're shouting sit, 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 sit and the, the dog and we're standing still sometimes if we just didn't say sit or only said sit once and then took a step towards the dog which got the dog's eyes to look up at you which guides the bum down that little body movement that you made is actually going to work way better than you saying the word sit mm-hmm. so and people have no idea like at, at a lot of the times when when they're working they'll say the word and I'm like, move your body, move your body. I always have to remind them that your body is a tool because they're just so focused on the word and the dog is just staring at their body. Yep. So we have to get both of those things on track. So huge piece of communication. Spatial pressure is, is huge, right? So mm. I can get a dog to sit by walking towards them. And then when I step back, I can apply a tiny little bit of leash pressure and get it down. I'm not going to get it down if I stay too close because the dog doesn't want it down into my body pressure. I have to first relieve the body pressure, giving them space, and then apply a little bit of pressure downwards so they can feel comfortable and invited into that space to right. lay down. Yep. So these little tweaks really help. And then also, you, whenever I'm working with a dog, I 
am squared up. I'm facing the dog. I'm not going to give my dog a command if I'm teaching them something new from behind them. So like, let's say I was going to work on down and my dog was in a sit, but they sat and they were facing away from me. I'm going to walk my body around and be facing the dog and then give them the down information. I'm not going to talk to the dogs, the back of the dog's head and expect them to know that you're working with them. Yes. Or be really consistent, right? Obviously once the dog is trained and they understand the commands and the words, you can get a dog to do it for wherever it'd be 100 feet away but when we're teaching we have to kind of command that presence of like hey look at me right and then when they are looking at you know what to do with your body right and it and being able to read the dog if the dog is fearful you have to physically go softer and go slower and your voice your tone has to come down you have to talk in a more calming manner if the dog is overly excited you have to be firm and assertive but very flat to not add to the excitement and add fuel to the fire. If the dog is mopey and slow and just like being lazy, you're going to have to really pep it up and get really exciting to get them to recall to you. Because otherwise they're just going to be like, bum, 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 bum. They're not going to want to walk over. They're going to go really slow. And if you want them running and like enjoying it, you got to pep them up. Right. So we can really feed the response based on what we do. Yep, and a big piece of what you just said before about paying attention mm-hmm. is huge, right? Like that, you know, and we've said it in other episodes, but like the the, diff- the same attention that you have on your toddler when you're watching them when they don't know the English language and they're, you know, six months old, mm-hmm. that's the kind of attention that you need to have on your dog when you're training it, mm-hmm. especially in, in environments that are stimulating for the dog. Mm-hmm. So... It, you can catch the dog going to do something that he's not supposed to or she's not supposed to do way earlier when you're paying attention than when she goes and does it or he goes and does it and then you have to do a correction. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's, it's catching that and being able to communicate really lightly without having to do big corrections and, 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 and maybe have a really bad accident mm-hmm. happen. Um, if you're on top of the dog. Yeah. If you catch them coming, like let's say on a scale of one to 10, one being the calmest, 10 being crazy. If you catch them going from a one to a two to a three, by the time they get to the four, you should be on it. Yep. And you address it there, which is pretty mild, pretty light. And then boom, they're back down to which a one. Which is just ears up. But if we miss that and they're up to a 10 already, we have to be at an 11 yeah. because the 10 is just going to match their energy. It's not going to beat it. Right. right. And so we have to always be a step ahead. Set yourself up for success. Absolutely. Yeah. To be a leader, we always have to be a step ahead. We can't be behind, right? We have to be in the front leading and guiding. So, you know, it's really important to just look at your dog in the sense of, you know, what are they doing? What are they thinking? What are they anticipating? What's coming next? Intentions, right? Exactly. And, you know, as far as communication, it's only valuable if you follow through, Mm -hmm. right? So think of children. If you know, our daughter Shay was doing something wrong and every day I just kept saying, do that again and I'll ground you. Do that again and you're going to go on timeout. Do that again and you're going to go sit in your room. Do that again. Do that again. And I never follow through. She's a very strong personality. She's quickly going to smell blood in the water and be like, uh-uh. Call your bluff. Yep. And she <laughs> is just going to, you know, go and do whatever she wants, which 
is fine to an extent, but it might not be safe. It might not be polite and nice and kind. And we're, we're, we're responsible as parents to teach our kids those skills and teach them right from wrong and teach them safety. So I have to follow through. If she's saying, you know, that she's going to go hit her brother, I have to follow through. Like, you absolutely are not, you know, and follow through. And if I say that you're going to go sit in timeout, you have to go sit in timeout, right? I, I can... I can change it. It could be different lengths of time. It could be two minutes. It could be 10 minutes. Maybe I sit in there with you. Maybe it's your room. Maybe it's just on the couch to cool off. Maybe it's just quiet time for a minute or two so everybody can collect themselves. There's different forms of following through, but you have to do something. The most common thing I see is people will tell their dog to do something and never follow through. And it's usually because they don't know how. And that's where training comes into play. Whether you're working with somebody in person or watching you know, an online course or YouTube videos, you can learn so much just by watching what they do. And I'll be in a group class and I'll be training an an exercise and the, the clients are watching. And after I do a few reps, I say, okay, it's your turn. Go ahead. But I always make sure to stop at least when I have a couple of reps left and go, okay, I know everybody's been watching the dog. Now watch me, watch my body, watch my leash, listen to my tone, watch my steps, all of that, because that's what you're doing. Everybody stares at the dog. and I'm like, that's good to, to see what the dog is doing, but you have to mirror what I am doing so you can start to get the same results. Yep, that's a big and, deal. you know, I'll come over to maybe a client that's struggling a little bit, like let's say I'm teaching a, a down, right? And they're struggling a little bit and I come over and I implement it the way I know how based on communicating with the dog and reading the dog that's in front of me and the dog does it. And they look, they're like, well, how'd you get that? And I say, I'm reading the dog. We are having a conversation, we're communicating, and then I'll stop and break it down. I'll say, so when he did this, I did this. When he did that, I took that step. step. And when he did that, I let go and I rewarded, mm-hmm. right? And they're like, oh. So there is so much that your dogs are saying and attempting to communicate with you that by either not watching and paying attention or by watching and paying attention but not knowing what to look for, not being educated on the topic of, of body language in a dog, they're missing it. And then the dog you know, starts to get frustrated and then there's resentment and then there's no trust <laughs> and then it's yep. all these things. And then we're like, you know, he was so good as a puppy and now this. It's like, well, typically that's because the, he, you know, the relationship was good at, while you're getting to know each other and then the dog quickly learned that you weren't doing x y and z and so they felt that they had to the or pillars they had to came take, out of balance yes they had to take over and yes the pillars were out of balance like we talked in the last episode and it's just you know i never blame the dog i never blame the person either though i never blame the dog for how they're feeling because they're a product of their environment i never blame the person for their dog's poor behavior because they typically don't have any idea how to do it and that's why they sign up for class right so me when, when, when we had kids growing up in the house, they all barked, they all jumped, they all ran away, they were all crazy. We loved them. We loved them so much. They got to cuddle, they were on my bed, they did all the things. So I thought I was the best dog owner ever, but I had no idea how to communicate with them, right? And whenever I have a client come in, I see my younger self in them. Yeah. They're like, I give them this, I do this, I do this, I just don't know how to do this stuff. And I'm yeah. like, that's totally fine. That's what we're here to work on. Exactly. That's why we're here, yeah. right? So I don't expect anybody to know any of this. What I expect is you to be willing to reach out for help or to look online and try to educate yourself so that you can help serve your dog. Exactly. Yeah, I, there's constant feedback. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's it with everything. Dogs, people, right? Even nature, like it's constant feedback. Mm-hmm. 
So just pay attention. Uh, and yeah, like read your spouse's body language. Mm-hmm. Like if you walk in and you say something or do something and I'm just like, mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. I walk out and then later I, I make another little like, mm-hmm, comment. And eventually you're like, why are you mad at me? Right. You know, and I'm like, well, okay, thanks. Yeah. Because, and we go into talking about it, but what would be even better is if I just addressed it head on, right? Instead of kind of going around the bush, but you would have to read my body language to know, hey, she's upset, or hey, right. we have to talk. She she wants to talk about something, she's just not. Because had you just ignored all those little Signs body language feedback. and cues that I was yeah. giving you, eventually we would be at a total unalignment in our marriage and in a relationship. And there would be hostility and tension and anger and hurt all built up because we never communicated about something that started so small. 100%. I, and the, the better way to handle those scenarios, right, in, in my experience, is pay attention to the feedback. When there's feedback, evaluate what just happened. Mm-hmm. And take accountability for what you did. Mm-hmm. Right? My friend Jason always says, apologize. Fast. Really fast. <laughs> Apologize fast. <laughs> that is the key to a happy, successful, successful marriage. Yes. Yep. Apologize fast. <laughs> but, you know, it's and it's more so it's give feedback fast, right? Like with your dog, if your dog does something, give feedback. Mm-hmm. Let them know that you like that or you don't like that, mm-hmm. right? And it could be as simple as body language. It could be verbal cues. It could be food or treats. You know, it could be a million different things. But don't ever think you're not communicating with your dog because you are always in constant communication with your dog. Even when you leave your house, the state of mind that you left them in or whether they're in a crate or in the house, that's all feedback. That's all communication. That's giving them a pass to do something in in the relationship, right? They're like, oh, they let me be free so I can do X, Y, and Z. Or, oh, I'm in the crate, this is structured, I will take a nap because they're holding me accountable to that behavior. Do you know what I mean? So you're always in constant communication and the quicker you learn that, the quicker you'll you'll see a change in your relationship. Yeah, and it's work, don't get me wrong. I mean, from my perspective, you you know, I never was good at it, right? And I didn't grow up in a household that had a ton of communication, mm-hmm. right? There was a lot of um, miscommunication and <laughs> lack, lack of, of communication, communication yeah. <laughs> right? So, and a lot of times that just creates more confusion and frustration. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing with the dog, same thing with your relationships in your life. Like, mm-hmm. it's important to make sure that if something feels off, it usually is, like your gut's pretty good, mm-hmm. um, and it needs to be addressed. Yep, absolutely, and again, that's, you know, with people, it's communicating, sitting down, having a conversation, whatever it is, right? Or figuring it out. And then with your dog, if you're not sure what to do, that's when you reach out for help. That's when you reach out to a trainer or you watch the, the videos online or the online courses and things like that and start piecing it together. Don't sit there and do nothing because you're never not doing, you're never, you're never doing nothing. You're either going forward or you're going backwards in a relationship. So you always want to be going forward, even if it's small, like you don't have to skyrocket to having a perfect dog, Mm -hmm. little baby steps, progress over perfection. That's what you want. Just be in drive in every relationship, right? Progress over perfection. There's no neutral. It's either you're in reverse or you're in drive. That's right. So make sure you're in drive. That's right. So that's it, guys. That's communication. We could dive in a lot deeper, but we might do a, a part two or, or pick up you know, later on in the podcast because that is a really important topic that I feel like can be a little bit confusing for some people. Yep. So I hope this was a good... Or scary. Yeah. scary. Yep, because the unknown is scary, yep. right? Yep. So 
I hope that's a good start to, you know, laying the foundation of communication and giving you guys a good baseline of maybe where to start or, or, or the realization that, hey, I need a trainer. I need somebody mm-hmm. to help teach me these things because I don't know how to do it. Yep. Right? Yep. But that's it. So we'll see you guys next week. Have a good day.